welcome to the next episode. Today I have some great news. Alrighty, folks. Welcome okay. to the State Fair of Texas. We are coming to you live from First Baptist Church of Richardson, where I am here with my good friend, Brenna Street. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Baptist Church of Richardson. Today, we are uh, talking about the Atypical series. We're in week three, and uh, I am here today with my good friend, my homie, uh, Brenna dot from dot the dot street. You got it right. I did get it right, didn't I? It's kind of complicated. <clears throat> anyway, last week we talked about Abraham and Lot and uh, how the power of prayer helps things. And this week we will be talking about Jacob and Esau. And we will talk about that later in our uh, discussion. So, Brenna, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Carter? I'm pretty hot right now. Yeah, it's we're sweating. It's really hot in this it's room. It's very warm. Um, very warm. I have a question to ask you. Okay. The most, what is the most said word or phrase in your home? Oof. We say a lot of things in our house. There, I mean, there are a lot of words between me, my mom, and Abby. It's like a fight for words. But I would think the most said phrase that we say in our house has probably got to be like, shut up and work hard. We say that because, you know, you don't see all the hard workers talking and running their mouth. Instead, they're shut up and they work hard. What's the most common word or phrase said in your household? Um, that is a good question. I don't think I know. I think um, my family, we like to annoy each other like on purpose. It's like a skill that we have. So if we just go up to each other and ask each other what we're doing when we're like literally all in the same room watching TV. And that's kind of what happens on a daily basis. Hmm. It's like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I had an argument one time about TV with my sister. Which brings me to our next one. Okay. What is something teenagers and adults fight about, a.k.a. your parents? So something that my parents and I fight about it has always kind of been like sports. Like me and my dad always, always are arguing about like, Who's going to start this and who's going to play this and what this is going to look like. We're always kind of arguing and bickering back and forth between each other because we think we know what is the best choice and stuff like that. When really it doesn't matter. We're not even the coach of the team. Like my dad will argue about like what trades about to happen. And I'll be like, oh, well, this is going to happen. And he's like, no, that's wrong. You're an idiot. Why would that happen? <laughs> and so stuff like that. That's like the little small things that we argue about. Sometimes my dad and I argue about my driving. He thinks I drive too recklessly. I don't, by the way. I'm a safe driver. I'm very so you safe. Say so. Stay safe, kids. It's dangerous on those roads out there. Have you thought about something between your parents that you fight about? Okay. I think this is going to sound weird. But as a family, we argue about who's going to reload and unload the dishwasher. <sighs> Is this an occurrence in your family? Yes. I think the reason for this of like loading it is because sometimes specific people leave a lot of food on their plate and then you accidentally touch it or like it's on the uh, spoon and no one likes that. No okay. One. If you want to avoid this, here's here's my advice. Just 
just clean off your silverware and your plate. Or just finish your food for once, you know? Hey, you, know, you can know there is nothing left on no my plate. Completely, no more bickering. Okay, last question, last question. <laughs> a movie you would never watch with your parents. Or, parents, if there is a movie that you watched when you were a teenager and you were like, oh, let's watch it, let's watch it. And then you realized it wasn't really a good idea. Ooh. Please share. Oh, for me. In the comments, too. Please share. Yeah, y'all share in the comments. So <laughs> feel free. Any of these questions that we answer up here, you can answer them as well in the chat. We want to see all them answers flowing in. Okay, movie. So a movie that I would not watch with my parents. Oof. I mean, to go basic, I probably wouldn't watch like a, like, you know, like the movie Step Brothers and stuff, uh -huh. like that type of comedy, any type of movie like that. Because, you know, I don't know what's going to pop up. And I don't want to be, like, awkward with my parents, like, sitting there, like, some, like, joke is said. And I don't want to laugh too hard to where my parents look at me and go, what are you thinking about there, huh? <laughs> and they kind of, like, dissect my every move. Um, just, like, any type of, like, comedy movie that is maybe borderline, like, not okay. I just, I stay away from those with my parents. So, like, what's, okay. on, what's a movie you wouldn't watch with your parents? See, I can't think of any, but I can think of this one time when I was like either in eighth or ninth grade, and my mom thought it was a good idea to watch Grease, but it was not a good idea to do that. So, hmm. parents, hey. <laughs> warning. Warning. All right, guys, I think that was a good little questionnaire time that we had there. Um, uh, I want to kind of lead us into this next part where I'm going to be telling a funny story. Actually, not a funny story. This is actually a story about a tough conversation that I had with my parents. And um, it's kind of something that I've gone through recently. Uh, if you know me, I play football. And I have actually just signed to go play football at Texas A&M Commerce, which is a really big deal for me because it's one of my goals that I've had since I was a little kid. And so a tough conversation that I recently just had with my parents, it was whenever this whole recruiting process started, um, I, at the beginning of this whole recruiting process, my parents and I sat down and we talked about, all right, am I, is this really what I want? Do I really want to play football in college? Because if it is, then I'm gonna have to put 100% effort into everything and there's no turning back. I can't just, once I get the scholarship, I can't just say, oh wait, no, I changed my mind. I wanna to go to Baylor. So we had a really deep conversation about, well, is this really what you want? Do you really want this? Because once you decide to go through with this plan, there's no turning back. You can't just say, oh wait, no, actually I didn't want this. And that's kind of a tough conversation that I've had because I really had to think, okay, is this really what I want? Because at the time I wasn't getting any like any feedback from many schools like oh hey we really think you'll be a good fit for us so i was really having to decide do i really want to go through with this because if i go through with this and it doesn't happen you know there's no like i can't go to baylor and do that i would then be going to tarleton and try and walk on out there to play football but luckily because of that tough conversation i now have a scholarship to play football at AM commerce which is really awesome so because of a tough conversation, I had a great outcome. Like we've been saying for the past couple of weeks, every family is an atypical family because no family is perfect. 
And because no family is perfect, every family occasionally has a tough conversation. Maybe those tough conversations happen because of a difference in opinion, an unwise choice someone made, hurt feelings, or a misunderstanding that needs to be addressed. Typical families either avoid having these conversations or have them, but they don't go very well. Atypical families, on the other hand, approach their tough family conflicts and con convert and sorry and conversations differently. For the last couple of weeks, we've been saying how your atypical family can be used by God to do amazing atypical things in the world, but how? Last week, we talked about how atypical families pray for each other when there is conflict. Today, we'll discover a second atypical thing families do. Last week, you know, we talked about Abraham and Lot and how their families disagreed and they were bickering between each other, so they decided to go separate ways. Well, this week, We'll be talking about an extra special family that did a lot of deceiving and arguing between each other, which this week we'll be talking about the family of Isaac and Rebekah and their two sons, Jacob and Esau. But Jacob and Esau's story isn't the story of brotherly love. It was an imperfect relationship from the start. So in Genesis 25, 21 through 34, it is about um, how Isaac and... Uh, Rebecca were asking for kids and then Rebecca became pregnant with two boys, two twins and God came to her and told her that she was carrying two nations and that when she gave birth she would be giving birth to two boys and um, it just kind of shows about how they'll be brothers and they'll both have an impact in this world. 27, 1 through 45 uh, talks about competition, jealousy, deception, conspiracies, costumes, heartbreak, and soup. There's a lot going on here, but here's the bottom line. With his mom's help, Jacob tricked his brother Esau into giving up something of great value. With his mom's help, Jacob tricked his dying father into giving him a gift that was never intended for him. Instead of owning up to his bad behavior and making things right, Jacob ran away, again, with his mom's help. Can you imagine a family member doing such harsh things to you and then instead of owning up to it, they just leave. They just up and say, no, you're not worth it anymore. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'm, I've totally taken things that don't belong to me, and I've just left. And I haven't given you a reason why, which that just leaves a lot of pain and deception and hurting in their family. And that brings me to Genesis 32, 3 through 20, um, which... This is, again, a continuation of Jacob and Esau's story, but that's not the end of Jacob and Esau's story. Years later, Jacob is married and has children of his own, but he hasn't spoken to Esau since he ran away um, years and years ago. And now he is on his way to Esau's city, knowing Esau has every reason to hate him and even go as far as kill him. Jacob sends messengers to Esau with plenty of gifts, hoping to show Esau that he is sorry. I mean, for me, it would take a lot for me to forgive a family member of such wrongful acts against me. But I know that God calls us all to forgive and forget and move on and to realize that even though we may be going through a hard time and someone very close to us has hurt us really hard 
and it's really affected the way we are. I mean, God expects you to forgive and move on and then still show the same love to each other, a brotherly love that we all deserve. I've had some tough conversations with my family before, but nothing like the conversation Jacob and Esau are about to have. Jacob knows he needs to make things right with his brother Esau, but who knows what Esau could be thinking. I'm going to read you Genesis 33, 4 through 12. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Esau look, looked up and saw the woman and children. Who are these with you? He asked. Jacob answered, They are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they bowed too. Esau asked, What's the meaning of these flocks and herds I meet? To find favor in your eyes, my lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, Jacob said. If I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God. Now that you have received me favorably, please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it. Then Esau said, let us be on our way. I'll accompany you. Amazingly, Esau didn't let the years of separation from his brother fill him with hatred and anger. Instead, Esau wanted to have a relationship with Jacob again. It makes sense that Jacob was afraid to meet with Esau. He probably was ashamed to admit the wrong he had done, but was also afraid that Esau might retaliate. But against all the odds, Esau didn't show up to kill Jacob. He showed up with open arms, ready to have a conversation. Esau's willingness to have a conversation with Jacob, even after what Jacob did to him, is pretty amazing. And it was absolutely essential to healing their relationship. Many years after Jacob and Esau recollected, Jesus preached a sermon to a group of his followers. Part of that sermon was about having tough conversations. I'm going to read Matthew 18, 15 through 17. It says, if your brother or sister sins, go to go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Yikes. When we refuse to have tough conversations with each other, it separates us from one another. And when we have, and when we hang into bitterness and anger, it keeps us from having closer relationships with God too. Throughout this series, we've been saying that if you want God to use your family to do atypical things, sometimes you have to be the first person in your family to do something atypical. That's what Esau did, and that's what Jesus teaches us to do. When you've hurt or been hurt by someone in your family, the typical response is saying angry, avoiding each other, and getting bitter. But Esau chose to do the atypical thing. He met with Jacob and had a tough conversation. This might seem simple, but it's so atypical. Not so atypical families have tough conversations. 
Just like having tough conversations changed Jacob and Esau's family for better, being willing to have a tough conversation can change your family for the better too. Every family has conflicts they struggle to solve or make right, but atypical families choose to have tough conversations in order to stay in relationships with each other. Having tough conversations makes room for healing, helps us learn to communicate and understand each other's perspectives, and it gives us a chance to create a solution together that benefits everyone. Having a tough conversation with a family member doesn't have to be complicated. It could be as simple as asking, like, hey, can we talk about what happened? Uh, it also can, it requires you being patient uh, when they share their feelings and perspective. And when they do that, you really have to listen. You have to understand what they're saying and you have to take it in. And you have to be honest with that person about what you think and feel even when it's hard. And they may not want to hear it, but that's what a tough conversation is. And then at the end, you need to admit when you're wrong. Because admitting when you're wrong is the first step to kind of solving these tough things. And then you also need to value your relationship more than being right. Because pride is not worth it. If you do decide to have a tough conversation with your family, it's definitely something that can be scary. Just know that having a tough conversation to, could begin to change your family's pattern of behavior long term. And I think that that's definitely worth it to have if you think it's necessary. Yeah, for sure. I know I have tough conversations with my dad because neither of us think we're wrong. Mm -hmm. And so we argue and we argue and we argue, but sometimes it requires you to have another person step in on your tough conversations like my mom. Because between the two of us, me and my dad, we want to be the one that's always right. And like it says, you have to admit when you're wrong and we no one wants to do that. And so, you know, sometimes it requires someone else to like your family, another family member to come in on your tough conversation and say, you're wrong, buddy. And no one likes to hear that, but that's what a tough, a tough conversation does. It works through things that no one likes to work through. Yeah. With that being said, we are now going to let you guys go into your Sunday schools and have a great conversation about tough conversations, even though tough conversations are not great conversations. Full circle, baby. <laughs> okay, go forth and conquer. Stay classy. Stay classy, 2020.